Yeah, 17 minutes it is before 8 p.m. We go straight into that story I was talking uh, to Bandile Matandela about. Uh, the latest, uh, I guess, changing of uh, personnel out at APSA and uh, certainly riled up a few organizations, least of all the continent's largest investor, the Public Investment Corporation, and, of course, uh, uh, a grouping like the Black Management Forum uh, who have voiced their dissatisfaction with the appointment of the new APSA CEO, Ari Rotenbach, saying Rotenbach's appointment maintains white male power in the bank. And uh, joining me now to tell us a bit more about uh, their own thoughts and uh, I guess, uh, yeah, what uh, concerns them about the appointment here of Ari Rotenbach. I'm joined by the Deputy President of the Black Management Forum, Esetu Mangotwa. Esetu, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, Abonga. Thanks for having us. And um, good evening to the Metro FM listeners. Yeah, thank you very much for coming through. I mean, Esetu, I guess, you know, when um, you respond as the BMF and you say you are very dissatisfied uh, with uh, the appointment of uh, APSA CEO, I guess in a sense there's an unwritten rule or expectation that there would have been uh, a succession plan that prioritizes diversity at APSA. What is your assessment of um, this, I guess, in the context of many other things we've seen, including the exit of David Minnelli? Um, I think for us, you know, to put it into context, um, we, we've been saying it's not about Ari Rotenbach, the individual, mm. but it's about a, a, a seeming trend um, at APSA um, and the culture um, which has been revealed by, by each successive incident, which is anti-transformative. And that's really our issue. Um, if, if we just think in the last couple of years, um, if we remember in 2017, there was a walkout by black APSA employees when Pagamani Hadebe was not given the role of CEO of CIB, which everybody thought that he was well-positioned um, and experienced enough um, to, to take. And then you fast forward 2019, Unomki Tanguini, who was the head of their mm. investment and wealth business, also, um, you know, it escaped a lot of media scrutiny, but she also just suddenly exited. Um, and then April 2021, as you were saying, there was Daniel um, Minele. Um, and then November 2021, Bongi Wetangen, who was the deputy to Ari Rotenbach in the um, retail, retail and business, and business banking, banking yeah. division, also yeah. left and went to Standard Chartered. And, you know, when all Daniel left, um, as the BMF, we did approach the ASA board and we asked them to take us into their confidence to say, what is the plan and what is the succession plan and what is ASA's real commitment and ethos around transformation because we just get a sense that with each successive of these incidents that I've just mentioned, it seems that deep in absence DNA is just a lack of commitment to the social imperative mm. of transformation and socioeconomic transformation in this country. Does it seem to you, Esetu, and uh, you know your cohorts out at the BMF, that um, you know after... Um, what now, nearly 30 years uh, since the democratic breakthrough in 1994, that you still have many entities, least of all banks who receive a license from the state, uh, who pay lip service to transformation, especially insofar as management control is concerned as one element, I guess, of uh, broad-based black economic empowerment. So 100% Ayabonga. Um, I was speaking at the Black the B Triple B Double E <laughs> annual conference on Friday, 
And this was exactly the element that we as a black management forum focused on, and that is management control. Mm. Um, we have made strides in the ownership of the in ownership or that element of the BE score, as well as in skills development. But what we're saying is, why is that not translating into seeing black executives in these um, big entities in the country? And the, the financial services sector is notorious for, 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 for failing and being very underwhelming in meeting the, 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 their own transformation um, uh, uh, targets. Um, and so we're saying, for example, with, with an element like skills development, where a lot of entities tend to score very high points and then claim to be level one or whatever it is, where are the black executives or the black senior managers and executives that you are training under your skills development pillar that you're getting so many BE points from. So it's not translating. And as the BMF, on the management um, control pillar, we're saying it's not just because we want to see black people in senior positions for the sake of seeing them in senior positions. No. This is at the core of the transformation of the economy because the, the incentive structures, the remuneration structures, promotions, uh, succession plans, the very cultures of these organizations are set at that board and that top executive level. And that's why we need black executives and role models in those structures in order to sh- to change the cultures of these organizations. Mm. And so with an appointment like Ari Rodenbach, who we, we don't deny his capability, but we're saying we are questioning the very system that has resulted in 2022 in the AFSA board being confident to tell us that he's the best man for the job. Why is he the best man for the job? Why five or ten years ago were they not a, 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 a critical mass or at least a, a, a a cohort of black executives who today it would not be difficult to find one of them to take over this position. So, so that's what yeah. the very that, I mean, I guess, I guess for me there's another question um, because a lot of what you're raising is that, you know, we work on good faith and anticipate that people will follow through with these things, that you, you know, if your scorecard looks like this today, that you'll put in place the building blocks that get you to a different outcome five or ten years from now. Um, and it seems what you're lamenting is that APSA hasn't done that. But I think there's also, you know, another role, which is, you know, the people who issue the licenses. Um, I mean, do they place any obligation, least of all on banks, uh, heavily regulated, receive a license from the central bank or, the, you know, a registrar of banks? Um, and surely there should be an expectation at that level as well in the boxes that you tick. So capital adequacy, sharp. Um, but then, of course, there should also be some sense of demographic diversity and transformation uh, that should also be part of the, that set of considerations. Do you get a sense that that is there and that enough pressure comes even from that regulatory vantage point to, to get much better transformation outcomes than what we've seen here? So not at all, Ayabonga. Um, and this is something we raised at the annual conference on Friday to say the BE Commission, um, whilst we do commend the work that they've done, but it, it's very much that we are appealing to the good hearts of people to, to, to understand the imperative for socioeconomic transformation in this country. Yet it's law, and to the right? extent I that mean... the sector has not come to the party mm. on that, then we need to have harsher measures um, to, to force them because clearly they don't understand that for the sustainability of this country, it cannot be that black people continue to be at the fringes of this economy. So mm. both from the BE Commission perspective, um, government perspective, and even the regulator 
um, being the FAB and the Prudential Authority. As you say, it can't just be your cap- capital adequacy is correct, your risk management is correct, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But what about the transformation? That should also become sure. a license to operate. Um, and, 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 and so we, we move away from this tick box approach because these institutions have shown us that for as long as we, we're depending on their goodwill, um, we're not going to move um, the needle at all. So, so what, what, what do we do? What can we do? Maybe that's also the part of the question. You know, Ayabonga, right now we can speak out, um, uh, 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 you know, like we're doing right now. Um, I, I saw um, that um, APSA in, in some of their responses have said to people who've, who've called out, why don't you rather engage us? We're saying to APSA, why didn't you engage your key stakeholders before making an announcement or an, an appointment which you knew was going to rattle us? Well, well as, as, as they might say they did, right? They might say they did, that we approached well, our they board, didn't engage the we approached SAS. Sure. And clearly they haven't engaged the PIC either, or else you wouldn't have had well, the PIC yeah, come out with the statement that they came with. Mm. Your, your thoughts on that? I mean, the continent's largest uh, asset manager coming out strong and with a scathing criticism of this particular decision. Uh, and, and I'm sitting here saying, you know, if you, if you hold as much sway and power as the PIC does in APSA as a shareholder, I mean, Singoba and Itina that are shouting from the sidelines, <laughs> you know, if they are lamenting, I mean... You know, then, then this speaks volumes, I guess, about one, the reading of the room, but also two, whatever leverage and power certain stakeholders might have who might have disagreed with this decision. So I think this speaks to a bigger question, um, Ayabonga, about really, you know, when you are a black government and you, you've got the, the legislative power and you simply fail to use the legislative power to literally legislate and make laws. Um, that have punitive measures for non-compliance mm. in order to see the South Africa that you that, that, that you desire and in order to uplift the lives of black people in this country. Um, so it just speaks to a bigger question generally of our government. Um, and you also see this in the Afri forums of the world going to court to challenge transformation exactly. legislation left, mm. right and center. And it speaks to a bigger question really where we're saying to our government, you've got the legislative power, you've got, you're still holding on by a thread to a majority in parliament why are you not using that power because that's where it actually filters down from why are you not using that power to legislate your people into prosperity so you know, if the government is not doing that, all we can do is to do our part as OBMF and OPIC mm. and to call these out. And rest assured, Ayabonga, yes, it may seem like we're just talking, but APSA, trust me, is not happy that we are raising our dissatisfaction at this because it does speak to um, their, their, their brand um, and, and, and uh, you know, they, they don't like that we mm. are raising this issue and they've kind of been very defensive about it. So for we're not going to keep quiet. Um, and, and, and so if, the, if all we can do is to come on radio and go in t- on TV and engage APSA and, and shout from the rooftops about how unhappy we are, that is what we're going to mm. do. But as well, we're calling on government, we're calling on the regulator, we're calling on the BE Commission. We really need to tighten up these regulations and these legislations because mm. clearly we need to force these entities now. We yeah. no longer can rely on their, on their just sense of, of, of country duty and, yeah. and, and just a sense... Of 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 understanding mm. what is at the core of the socio-economic imperative for this country. But as that maybe just a, a parting shot because Mong Amelia has to address us in the next few minutes or so. Surely it must also be a crossroads for yourselves as um, organised voices of black business. 
last week this time I spoke to the CEO of the BBC and I was saying to him as you mentioned the likes of Afriforum who take cases of course before the courts mm. and in this case you know we've seen a significant I don't know if I can call it a reversal we can maybe have that discussion of the 2017 preferential procurement regulations mm. now earlier before that happened we saw significant reversals and entire withdrawal of the tourism equity fund and I mm. can mention many other things and I often find that the voice of organized black business is sorely absent not just from those legal challenges but also from the agitational and political work ideally that should build a groundswell that says actually while we get this and if you know the issues around drafting and design of the law certainly we can sharpen our pencils and go back but it, it does seem that this is much more fundamental that it's um, an assault on even i guess the role of transformation uh, in the post apartheid uh, environment mm. and institutional architecture and sometimes the voices of organized black business are sorely absent there is this a crossroads and a moment of reflection for yourselves as well it very much is um ayabonga not not only now but in in as far as 2 years ago um in the bmf where we set up what we call the George Negota um, Litigation Fund. And um, we have been laying the groundwork to make sure that when we really um, launch the fund, um, that, that, that it's, it's effective. Um, but the reason why, as far back as 2019, when we, when we set it up, was exactly that, to say, when these cases are taken to court, whether the BMF is friends of the court, and we actually want to, to, to be part of defending the transformation legislation and and, and even assist the government in strengthening some of this legislation, because what we've noticed is that perhaps when this legislation was set, we never foresaw a future where it was being challenged um, on a legal and a constitutional basis the way that it is. So there is a need to revisit some of this legislation to ensure that it is airtight. And what also is, is, is disconcerting and makes a, makes a decision, and it turns out they didn't have the power to make that decision. Mm. You really ask yourself if a government can... <laughs> With, with all the resources to get the best legal advice, if they can miss those those things and then start losing these cases in court, as you're saying, we, we, we realized as far as two years ago that our voice needs to be heard. And right now the fight, mm. unfortunately, is in the court. Yeah. And it's I mean, at you, that guys, level. you guys were part of writing this law. You know, the BE Act, uh, Triple That's B exactly. Act of 2003 has your hand in it as the BMF. But, uh, you know, I said too, we're going to have to leave it there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I yeah, look forward once but again. But you to, will see us yeah. in court very soon. Please, guys, man, your voice is sorely, sorely missed in many of these discussions. But I said we'll have to leave it there for tonight. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks. Thanks for having us.